the inside. She got the scoop on the ones to watch, on the ones that's hot. No one can do it quite like Caroline. Caroline. No one can do it quite like Caroline. It's time for Caroline. This is my very last episode of my influencer series. I hope you have loved joining me on each episode as much as I have loved getting to interview these fantastic girls. I thought it was only fitting that I would end with the expert, Julie Solomon. She offers an incredible class called Pitch It Perfect where she teaches you how to get specific and real about your brand, how to make money. She has figured it out by her trial and error and now she's teaching everyone who signs up for this. You've got to do it. I'm signing up for it. She also has a podcast called The Influencer Podcast where she interviews all sorts of incredible influencers, talks about all sorts of incredible stuff in the influencer world. You have to check it out. That's why I had to end with Julie because she is the expert and she has so much wisdom and knowledge and she's so authentic and she's all about being authentic. So you guys get excited. Here's Julie Solomon. Okay, I am here with Julie Solomon. What's up? Hi, it is so good to be here with you and just to get time with you. I miss you and I just love having this time with you today. I know you had to move away to California. You were a Nashville girl for a minute. You were born and raised in Nashville. Um, yeah, it was nice to... I was born and raised in Nashville. Um, and it was it was amazing. I loved being from there. But yeah, I moved to LA about five and a half years ago and miss all miss miss my tribe there for sure. What have you loved about LA though? What is the difference between Nashville and LA? Because there's so much creativity in both cities, but there's such a different vibe for both. So how would you define both now that you've lived in both? It is. I mean I mean just you know, the the very kind of common and like obvious, right? Like it's LA is much larger. It's much more expensive. Um, it's much warmer. Um, so the, the good and the bad and the ugly with all of that, but I would say there's, um, you know, the, the, the expansiveness to LA really does allow for, for that, for that feeling and kind of more of that sense of abundance, which is really nice. Um, it can happen in LA. Exactly. And I think that especially for what, what I do in terms of professionally, which we're going to talk about today, this is a very um, optimal time to be in Los Angeles, just because you have a lot of, um, a lot of just amazing creative people out here doing a lot of really awesome things in the online and digital space. So that's amazing. Um, and just, you know, being able to thrive, um, kind of more of a mind, body and spirit, um, overall wellness perspective. I mean, the food is amazing out here. The weather's great. So you can hike, there's a lot of outdoor activity. So that's great. But, um, you know, one of the things that it, it can lack at times is that feeling of community, which Nashville has so beautifully because it is such a little big town. Um, so you do kind of miss that. And, and because traffic is so bad and it is so expansive, you kind of don't really like leave your pocket. Yeah. Totally. Um, whereas, you know, living in Nashville, you can go downtown to Franklin in 45 minutes and it's fine for the most part. I know traffic's gotten bad there too, but, um, but yeah, so I mean, that's kind of the gist of, of the differences that I've seen, but I'm a mom in LA. So I also have a really different perspective than I think I would if I was like young and single in LA. What is momming in, in LA like? What's mom life in? Like yes, mom life is, is wonderful. I have a four and a half uh, little boy named Camden um, who is just a gym and so fun. And four is definitely by far the most fun age. Um, you know, the first couple of years, you're, you don't really know what you're doing and you're kind <laughs> of like 
like navigating and you have this like human that you're trying to figure out, but something weird, like it's like they wake up when they're four and they're like awesome. They're just really? and funny and hilarious and <laughs> amazing and just so sweet. And little boys are just oh, permanent so boyfriends. Yes. They're so delicious. Oh. And you know, like he'll just, he'll say really funny things like, um, you know, I just farted. <laughs> That's what my boys say. Or he'll say really adorable things like, you know, mommy, you can never leave me because I always have you in my heart. Stop. Stop it. Stop. I, I so can't. I know. He's oh my gosh. Scrumptious. So, yeah. What has motherhood taught you? I think, I mean, so much. And I feel like um, you learn something new from them and through them every day. I think two things. I think it's taught me patience, um, which I think is just a, a learning um, a learning behavior that we all have to kind of adapt to as we, as we grow for sure. And then just kind of seeing the world through his eyes is really magical. Um, just kind of the zest for life and how, you know, something as small as like a rock can just be like this incredible thing. And it is, I mean, something's so small, but you, as you grow older, you, you kind of miss those little moments. So just seeing, seeing the world through his eyes is really special. I love that. Okay. So also, I'm sure being a career mom has, you have so much knowledge just about navigating. You can do everything. If you're a career mom in LA, you're basically superwoman. I really think that's what it breaks down to. And that's you because you have a great thriving career. And I want to talk to you about how you got to this particular point. Cause you wrote a really detailed real blog about how you were pursuing something that you felt was like a little, it was getting closer to your passion and your calling, but it wasn't quite fully where you feel like your calling is and you rebranded your whole self. So how did you get into this journey? It started with publicity, I know, and now you influence people in such a big way and teach people how to correctly use their platforms. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think the beginning of it all, it, it's safe to say that, um, you know, it, it, it takes a village. Like no matter where I've ever been on my path, I've always had a team of people, um, or at least another person, just somebody there that I've been able to collaborate with and to really kind of help me because I don't think that it is possible to really do everything on your own, you know? So whether that's family, um, friendships, uh, you know, professional career, what have you. So I appreciate what you say and, th and thank you, but I have to give a lot of credit to just the people that I've been able to surround myself with. And I have, I haven't always had a team, but I have a team now, um, a small team, but they're small, but small mighty, but mighty. <laughs> yeah, small, but mighty. Um, but you know, I, I think that the whole trajectory with everything, it's interesting because I, I feel like I've always kind of been the person that has, um, really, kind of whenever I've gotten to like a crossroads or a moment that I needed like a shift or a change, I kind of rebranded myself. So whether that was, you know, um, a shift in a, in a personal life or a shift professionally, I've, I've always kind of done that. And whenever I found myself in that like fear-based moment, um, instead of just kind of quelling in that, I've always, um, like just followed it and gone through and gone through it. So how did you decide to pursue that? Because that takes bravery. And I was actually talking to Jess Southern. I know her name's Jess Payne, but I have to call her Jess Southern because <laughs> that's her Instagram. I was talking to her and she was saying the same thing, basically how she always 
was never afraid to push through that fear. And you have done that in so many bold ways in your life, in your life so many times. But I feel like a lot of people hit that first big wall of fear and they're like, oh no, oh no, retreat, retreat. When really, that's what you need to push through. But what, what, what is your take on why so many people won't push through and what is your suggestion on that? You know, I, some people will say that it's fear of failure, um, but I would even go farther to say that I think that it, a lot of times it's fear of criticism and, and just fear of really, um, you know, showing up, maybe fear of blame and, and, and fear of forgiveness. And I think a lot of times it's forgiveness for yourself. I think a lot of times people will kind of stay where they are or not push through those boundaries or not really follow their dreams or step into the abundance of what they want in life because they haven't really been able to forgive either themselves or a person or some kind of obstacle along the way. That's so a I think, good point. Yeah. I think that that, that kind of is, is the big one for me is that, um, I, I definitely have not had a, a perfect journey by any means that it, it's, it's had its moments of being really messy. You, when you and I met, I was married to my college sweetheart. Um, we ended up separating shortly after we got married, although we were together off and on for a really long time. Um, but I think that it, it, it took, it took me kind of just forgiving myself and forgiving that process to then be able to step into a new, um, idea or life that I wanted for myself, which then led to like living in LA, which led to my husband now, which led to my family now, which led to new business opportunities. And, you know, when I would, when I left my cushiony corporate job working at HarperCollins, like I had to kind of forgive myself that that was not my path, even though that was the path that my parents wanted for me and kind of really like stepping into myself and, and forging my own path. So but I think you took the time to, to really analyze your journey and like when you hit a spot that made you feel kind of uh inside work through that figure out why you felt that way and then be able to step into your keep moving forward to like almost like clean your slate in a way is that right yeah, yeah and kind of just like sitting with it because it's like you know it's none of that's going to change or, you know, if, if, if I'm not doing something that my parents wanted me to do or that, you know, something that I thought was my career path or something that I intended for myself, that doesn't mean that it's necessarily wrong or that I'm necessarily like, you know, this horrible person because I, I'm not going this one direction. It just kind of is like, it just is. And I think you that just try things. Yeah, just trying it and sitting with it and just being okay with it. And then it kind of like works itself out. So a lot of times I think, especially, you know, in my younger 20s, I, I would always want to hit the easy button and like just run away. You know, I would just like fight or flight. Totally. Most flight. Like I just, I didn't want to deal, you know, I wouldn't want to sit with it. So, but it was, it was those reasons that I wasn't dealing with things. I kept finding myself in these situations or in these jobs or in these relationships that I had no business being in, in the first place. How did you finally decide to deal? Cause that is the moment. Like what finally, when did you be like, I am going to look this stuff in the eyes and just move on with it. I think when I started really thinking of like, what, what is the alternative? You know, it's like, I, I can either, that. because to me, it's like, you're either in, you're either in abundance or scarcity, right? You can't be yes. in both. 
you're either in a state of joy or you're in a state of grief. Like you can't be in both. And so to me, it's like, if I'm, if I'm choosing to always walk in the, in the path of joy and love and light and abundance, then I can't be holding on to all of this other stuff. And of course it's still there, right? Like fear comes up all the time. You can, you can sit with it at breakfast and like not have it by lunch, right? Like it's (laughs) there, but I think just identifying and, and being and knowing that just, just the knowing that it's there and there's not really a control or or a way that you can muscle with that anyways. So just as long as you can kind of keep trying to move towards what is presence and what is going to bring you joy and allow you to bring your best self to the world, um, is kind of what helped me just like go for it, I think. And you just committed to yourself, which I love. You just committed to you being happy with you, which I think is simple as that sounds. It is such a brave move because a lot of us are programmed not to put our, our passions first and not to kind of sacrifice yourself all the time. But really you can't thrive until you have loved yourself and let yourself come into your own. I feel, and you have done such a great job of blossoming into this amazing human. So how did you get from being a best-selling publicist to running this incredible influencer empire? Yeah. So, um, did the whole, did the whole PR thing still do it to to a certain degree. I just kind of tweak the way I do it now. Um, lived in New York for a while, moved back to Nashville, did it there and then, um, moved to LA. And when I moved to LA, I was, I've, OMG Publicity, which is the book PR firm that my business partner, Beth from and I joined forces to, to run. And, um, I moved to LA to do that. Luckily I could do it from my home as long as I had my computer. And, but when I got out here, I was kind of finding myself in this place that I found myself a lot in growing up because I constantly moved as a child. So I would always find myself in this new place and like, I didn't have any friends and like, you know, I'm like, well, what do I do? So I moved to LA and I'm like barefoot and pregnant baking pies. And I'm like, okay, well then what do I do here? Like who wants to hang out with a pregnant woman? Like, especially (laughs) that's not true. Right. But it's like, so I was like, well, I need to make friends. So the easiest way at the time, this is 2013 to make friends in LA was to become a blogger because that is what everybody was doing in LA at the time. And I, I knew enough, like I, I was savvy enough in PR and marketing to know that there are things like networking events and that sort of thing, just like living in Nashville and living in, in New York, like you're invited to that kind of stuff all the time. Right. So I knew that there had to be that here like obviously there's going to be that for like the acting world but that's not my world so like there has to be that for the blogging and you know what is now the influencer space so I got into blogging and I started to meet other PR people that I knew that knew other bloggers that sort of thing and so I kind of started to do both I, I was doing my PR stuff which then kind of like got me in the mix with the PR people out here and then I was doing I was had a blog. And so that kind of got me in the mix of the bloggers out here. And then I kind of over probably like an 18 month span, I started doing kind of what everyone else was doing, which was this fashion lifestyle beauty blog thing, which works for a lot of people because I really do feel like that's their passion at their core, but it wasn't really what was like my passion at my core. I totally get that, Julie. I have had that same struggle like dabbling with fashion. I'm like, I love fashion, but I'm, I don't have a passion for fashion. Right. It's like, I mean, I like it. I'm, yes. I'm a 
women in person. I like yes. cute dresses and I like makeup, but it's not something, it's like I didn't go to fit them. Like I, I never had any desire to study fashion. I don't know what textiles are, nor do I would ever want to, to know. <laughs> totally. And, yes. And I feel like, you know, for a lot of people who get in that path, either they're, they're genuinely passionate about it or they're genuinely passionate, passionate about becoming famous. But once they kind of realize like, there's an end of the road to that. It's like, where do you kind of go? And since I didn't really fall under either of those, because like, just, I, I knew that like the fame was fleeting and that wasn't really a service based path. So like that wasn't really going to get me where I wanted to go. And then this whole lifestyle fashion thing wasn't really where my purpose lied. So that wasn't really going to get me where I wanted to go. So I was like, well, what am I really doing here? Because that seems to be like the only two tracks, the tracks these girls are taking, right? Totally. They either become like reality people or they just become like Insta famous or, you know, maybe they're really passionate about beauty and fashion and they get some like deal with a big, you know, label or something to do a big collaboration. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of like it. The rest was just going to kind of be like a dime a dozen thing. Totally. So um, in the meantime, I started noticing that a lot of people started coming to me for more like PR marketing advice. They were like, you know, how do you get to go to these events? How are you pitching yourself for things? Um, because at the same time, I started pitching myself for brand deals as in a way to monetize it. And I started very quickly and very effectively started monetizing pretty well on my blog, especially at the time, because my follower reach was probably between 10 to 20,000. And I was making like $5,000 a month, which so, you know, wow. How do you pitch? How would you pitch yourself to a brand? I feel like that's a question so many people have. Yeah. I mean the same way that I would pitch clients when I was a publicist, you know? So it's like that, that came, that was like my work. That's what I did. Right. So, um, I started pitching myself and I would have my friends be like, wait a second. Like I have a hundred thousand followers and I'm not making that. Like, how is it that you have this tiny little following compared to other people, but you're able to monetize so well. And so then that's when I realized, like you just said, that like people needed this information, right? Like this is how I could show up and I could really serve them far more than like wearing a cute dress and like liking to know it and like <laughs> maybe making $5 off of a dress, right? Like on an so um, I created a online pitch course because that was going to be the most ef like efficient way that I could get it out to everyone was going to be on an online platform far more than I could. I, I thought about maybe doing like in-person conferences and like, you know, one-on-one -on -one mentoring, but I, I kept hitting that wall because I wasn't, you know, there's only so much time in the day. And so you if I didn't want to travel, all that. Right. And do all that. And then like all of my time doing the one-on-one -on -one mentoring, I was like, wow, I could have just served like 15 people but I just only served three. So I was like, how could I, how could I serve the greatest capacity and get this out to the people who need it the most? And so that's when I created, that's why I decided to do it on the online platform because it's just the easiest way to consume the information. And I created that about two years ago and that's called Pitch It Perfect. So that teaches bloggers and influencers how to effectively pitch themselves for brand deals. So not only do they get out of that affiliate rat race, which is what I call it, of just like- what is that? <clears throat> you know, like reward styles, like to know it, you know, the girls that are literally post every single post you see on Instagram is an affiliate post. It's like, this is my dress. It's so cute. It comes in five colors. It's on sale. Buy it. Yeah. And I just, I got so, cause that used to be me. And I was like, it was like nails on a chalkboard to me. I'm like, if I see one more girl tell me to like their photo, to know it, I'm going to bang my head against a wall because it's just, it's like, 
so unsustainable. Did you and stop altogether? Like to know it stopped altogether. Cause I was like, how am I serving? I'm not serving anyone. I, the amount of time that I have to put into this versus what I'm getting back. Like to me, it just kind of became laughable. Cause I was like, I would pitch a brand. I would spend two hours pitching a brand and get walk in, you know, $1,700 worth of brand deals versus spending all day curating this content for one Instagram post and maybe making $25 off of a shirt. Yeah, like, totally. It, it, it was like, I was like, people like this does not make sense. But they, they were like, the affiliate companies want us to do that. Right. So I, I felt like I was like brainwashed into, I was like, this is, we, we bloggers are being brainwashed into thinking that this is the only way that we can, you know, make, make a, a, a living. So, um, the pitching really helped. It started helping a lot of people. Um, I've had hundreds of bloggers and influencers take the course and I want to take your course. When thank, do you, how you. often do you offer them? You can get it online now. So it's set up. Um, I recorded webinars and like offered free services for that. And then it's up. It's at pitchitperfect.net. So you can just go there and you can get immediate access to it. Pitchitperfect.net. Net. And it's for anyone who needs, I mean, it's, it really is focused towards influencers and bloggers. Cause that's who I was, I, I do serve. And specifically when I created it was really serving at the time. Of course we update it pretty frequently because this industry is ever changing. So we have to kind of keep up with the times, but, um, you know, it, it really is for anyone who, cause a lot of times people ask me, but like, well, will it work for me? But I'm not a blogger. I'm not this, or I'm this type of blogger. I'm, so what I always say to people is like, if you're a human being that has to send an email to another human being, so if you have to pitch anything to anyone, this will work for you. Yes, for the most part. I think for, for media and for collaborations, it will work. So can you do it and just use your Instagram profile? Do you have to have, you don't have to be a blogger? Okay, so blog. um, you can have an Instagram, you can have a Pinterest, you can have a Twitter, any kind of, any kind of online platform that you have. You have to have an online platform, obviously. So um, how did you figure all of this out? How did you figure out how to be effective with brands on these platforms? Because I, I did it myself. You know, I spent, I spent, you know, now over 10 years as a publicist to kind of learn that end of the spectrum. And then I spent like two years as a blogger doing exactly what we just talked about to really understand that process. And then I was able to kind of fuse those two things together. And do you feel like with brand deals, do you only do brands that match you as a person? Yeah, now I do. I think in the beginning, trial and error, we all yeah. just, it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks, right? Like, we're yes. all, oh yeah, this dog walking thing, I'll do that or this or that. And yeah. then over time, I think that you learn, when you really start to learn who you are as a brand and what your purpose is and what your vision is and your why, um, then you can start kind of ca carving out more of a strategy behind it. Um, but that's another thing. A lot of people don't know what their purpose is or their vision is. How do you find your why? Yeah. So, um, that's actually, um, I can tell you kind of how I've uncovered it. Um, but that was something that I started after, you know, kind of helping a lot of people through their pitching process. That was kind of the next question of like, well, now what I'm discovering is that when it, you know, that the pitches are working, but then when they're coming back to me to really want to do more bigger collaborations, I don't really have a brand, you know, mm -hmm. like I just kind of amass this following online, but like, I don't know who I am or why it matters or like how I'm trying to serve. 
So um, I've been I've been helping people kind of um, maneuver through that of really understanding their why, mapping out their their purpose and their vision, and then being able to put like a strategy behind it. But I'm I'm going to be launching a new academy in the fall called the Influencer Academy. Nice. Yeah, that's going to basically be like a master's program, like a like a like an educational program for someone who wants to become an influencer and really like an influencer with like purpose that can sustain a long-term business as an influencer. So I always say it's kind of like some people go to school and spend thousands and thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars on some kind of education or degree that they never even use. So this is hopefully, you know, for those people who feel lost in that, giving them something that is way more manageable and cost effective and easy to retain. Um, it's going to be about a six week program. Um, you get access to me and my team and there's kind of a, a lot of great details that go in it, but that's going to really cover a lot of the purpose and the vision, mapping that out. How can one gain clarity on that? And then the strategies that you need to then grow a brand and then you have like list building and audience growth and marketing and all of that stuff that will come in with it. So this all be at pitch at perfect.net. That will be the influencer Academy. So influencer if you go Academy. to, yeah, a Julie is my website. So we'll be having information on that very soon, but of course on Instagram, I mean, I'll be, I'll be sharing all the good news there. So that's an easy way to find it too. So if you are going to start your courses, say I'm, say I'm me actually. And I would like to start your courses because I would like to start your courses. Would I start with pitch it perfect? What, how would you, what are the options of classes I can take and how would you start a begin? Like just someone who is kind of like, cause I feel like I, I'm very much getting clearer on what my purpose is, but I'm still a little all over the place. So I feel like your course would be ideal for someone like me. Yeah, I think that, you know, the, the pitch course is great because for someone who's, who's really wanting to learn those pitch tactics. So, you know, maybe they're just starting out as a blogger influencer. Maybe they've been doing it for a while and they've plateaued. Maybe they've just been doing affiliate stuff and they want to try to like pitch brands. And maybe they never even knew that they could do that. Or maybe they were scared of pitching because they didn't know what to say. That's when Pitch It Perfect would be a good fit for that kind of person because it offers, you get like, all of the email templates that I use to land brand deals. So it kind of takes the guesswork out of like how, what to say in the email. Nice. And um, you kind of see a lot of behind the scenes of how I negotiate deals so you can get higher rates and that sort of thing. So it's, it's more focused on the monetization and more of the collaboration with brands. You're really cutting out the middleman and building those relationships. So that's relationship building and monetization through pitching. Influencer Academy is going to be more of an in-depth deep dive into someone who really has a passion and a dream and a desire to be an influencer like for their career. Yeah. Like, they, they want to be an online influencer and whatever that may look like. So that could mean um, a blogger, that could mean a podcaster, that could mean a YouTuber, you know, just using their online platform to grow a sustainable business. So the academy is going to deep dive in all, in all of the nooks and crannies on how to exactly do that. So we start with the purpose and vision and mapping that out. Then we go into the strategy of like, what is your actual product or service? Um, strategy on how to get that out to the world. And then once it's out there, how do we best service it? How do we innovate it? How do we grow our newsletter list so we can market it properly? Um, and then how do we leverage it from there? 
and I'm monetize. I'm signing up. I'm signing one spot yeah. taken by me. Okay. Yay. So yeah, <laughs> we're launching that in October actually. So, um, what a useful service you're offering people. Thank you. Like, thank you. It's saving people so much time because they say you have the nuts and bolts of it, but you don't know what you're doing. It's so much worth, it's so worth it to put a little bit of an investment in with you and learn how to do it right. So then you're not just spinning your wheels and wasting all this time and yeah. like demoting your brand on accident. <laughs> and that's kind of a, a lot of the reason why this evolved is because that's what happened to me is that like I did it the hard way, which was just like figuring it out myself uh, many years of, of trial and error. Um, because something like this didn't exist. And so now that I have the, the knowledge and the experience and the ability to create it, for other people, then why wouldn't I do that? Um, you know, I remember the first online course I ever took, I was so terrified because I was like, it's, you know, it is an investment, you know, I think it was like $400 or something, which is a lot of money. And I was like, what is this? Am I going to be able to retain this information? This thing is online. What's going on? But it was an online course that was, that actually taught like how to set up your website and stuff like that. And it was the most valuable, like, I'm so glad that I took that just, and not that I sat there and I like listened to every single second. I mean, with some of, some of the stuff I might've already knew. So I was able to kind of take bits and pieces, but the, the way that it helped curve that learning yeah. like, yes. was invaluable. I got out of that in probably three weeks, what would have taken me easily six months. Yeah. Yeah. So like that alone of just. To, to me, it was like the $400 was well worth it learning from this person on how to properly set up my website and get yes. it going in three weeks, as opposed to me just like continuing to try to figure out which by that point, I probably would have had to pay someone way more money than $400 yes. to try to then like just fix it or do it or what have you. So all just the way you choose to frame it and look at it. Cause you just can't, it is a chunk of money, but like you said, the investment is so worth it to put that little bit on the front end <clears throat> so you can have so much success on the back end. Yeah. And like, this is what I always say too. It's like, look, being an entrepreneur, being, being a, a business owner is not for everyone because the first step to being a business owner is investing in yourself. And if you are not someone who wants to invest in yourself, then you're not serious about being a business owner. And yeah. that's the first that I always say about anyone that it's like, if you're not serious about investing in yourself, whether that is investing in equipment, whether that's investing in services, products, photography, whatever that is for you, then like, please don't sign up for my course because you're not going to get anything out of it because you're not really ready to show up. Yes. So I'm, I'm a firm believer in being completely honest that it's like, it's not for everyone. You know, it, you have to really want to be an entrepreneur. You do. You have to really want to be an entrepreneur. You have to be really excited. Hopefully we can curve some of that time by teaching a lot of techniques to, to people as we grow in this online space. That's what helped me. So now that's what I want to be able to do for other people. But there, you know, for the, for the people that want to just kind of like graze around, you know, and like for the faint of heart, like this is not for the faint of heart. This is, these are, this is like your livelihood. And these are people, I mean, you know, I mean, through your, your, just your entire career in the music business. Like oh, yeah. songwriting, performing, having a music career, like innovating into other things. It is not for the people who just want to like fly into town and like hang out on music row and see what happens. Like it's a lot of flipping hard work. I don't care what industry you're in. You're so, so that's right. Yeah. You're so right. I think when you 
commit to being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, which in essence is committing to be a creative. You are committing to a roller coaster life, but in the best way. And you sort of have to just learn how to embrace it all because I used to fight my first few times I hit the rock bottom of the roller coaster, freaked out, panic attack, almost mental breakdown. First couple times really knocked me in my gut, like laid me out. And then you find the lesson and then you grow and then it actually takes you somewhere else that you wouldn't have gone. And it's like, oh my God, I can, next time I'll be able to survive better because I know when I'm in the valley, it's going to take me somewhere great. Absolutely. And you have to look at it too of like, you know, by not showing up in the world and by not really stepping into what you want to do and, and, and not like saying I'm here, like claiming your spot. Cause it's like you said, having people put their feelings on you with fear of like what people are going to say, like it's scary to put yourself out there. Of course it is. Especially as, and I love that you used, I mean, being an, I agree with you, being an influencer, being an entrepreneur to me, that is being an artist and being a creative being, which all of us are born by God as creative beings. That's what we're put on this earth to do. And so by waking up every day and intentionally not doing that, you're only stealing from those people who need you the most. And that yeah. is such a good point to use your, how you're saying it, to use your gift as how can you serve? You use the word serve. Like, how can I serve people? Like, yes, you are making this your business and you're making money off of it, but it's to serve people and to help people. And I think that's the key. You have to find your career where you can use your gifts to serve others. Exactly. Cause it's always a service and not a sell. At least I look yes. at it, especially if it's, if, if it's a purposeful service. Now, of course, could you have like the sleazy car salesman with like the gold chains, eh, you know, <laughs> Sure. But if you're really coming from a place of authenticity and of love and light and purpose and vision and all of that stuff that we were talking about, um, even, you know, the, the songs that people write, it's like, I may be paying for that song on iTunes, but it's a service because it's doing something to my soul. It's uplifting me. It's making me happy. It's making me want to dance, whatever that may be. If I go to a restaurant and order food, I have to pay for the food, but it is, it is serving my body is nourishing my body. Or it's just making me feel really good if it's like <laughs> or something. Totally. But, but that's the thing. I think that it's if you look at what you do as a service in, instead of a sell, because that's another big reason that people are afraid to show up, right? Because they, they're afraid of that criticism of, of like looking too salesy. Well, I don't want to pitch myself or I don't want to post this or I don't want to say this or I'm not going to do that because people are going to think this about me or say that I'm doing this or that or what. It's like, what people say or think about you is none of your business anyway. I love that. I ha it's taken me till my mid thirties to really believe that sometimes I still have a hard time like living it, but I believe that with my full self now it's none of my business. Like yeah. I know now that I'm trying to be a good person every day. And if someone, if you do something that upsets someone and it's unintentional, you can't really worry too much about it. Exactly. And the way that I look at criticism, it's like, if you get criticized for something, even if it had no value, I'm not talking about constructive criticism, but if someone says like, I had someone write me the other day and she was like, Hey, I love your podcast, but could you please stop saying this word in this way? Because it's nails on a chalkboard, but I really love what you're doing. Thanks. And I, you know, I just, I had to stop for a minute to be like, you know what? That's actually really awesome that like, at least I'm producing something that is worth criticizing. Amen to that. You know, because if something is like, like, rudimentary or like average or boring no people one's gonna aren't going to be caring yeah so at least to me it's like 
I want to like, I think that we should always be going into it, asking ourselves those questions of like, how can we create something that is worth criticizing? I love that. Heck yes, Julie. What would you tell your 20 year old, your twenties, yourself in your twenties? What would you tell her? Um, you're having a lot of fun. Keep doing that. <laughs> Just know that it's all going to work out and be okay. I think too, I would have also told her that if, if she, I don't think she, she could have heard it. But um, just to be more present, I think mm -hmm. that I, I, I always flew by the seat of my pants, which again was a lot of fun. I got to experience a lot, but I don't remember a lot of it because I wasn't present in that moment. I relate, Julie. I relate to that. Yep. So just really being in that, in that moment of just appreciating and the gratitude of just the, the joys of, I mean, 20s are insane because we're insane. It's like we're, it's like we're toddlers in a way. You know, you're like, like free in the world. You're like toddlers that can take care of themselves. Exactly. Kind of, you know, sort so of. you won't hopefully die on your own toddlers. So yeah. it's an interesting time, but it's, it's such a beautiful time because you have no responsibility other than yourself. You, you know, you can, you can fly by the seat of your pants and enjoy life and see your friends all of the time. And just do so much. So I think that I would say, you know, keep doing that because you're, you're really good at that. Keep living life, but just be, be more present in the moment. And, and when you, you know, yeah, just be more present with people, I think too. What has your 30 year old self taken away from this decade so far? Presence for sure. Patience. I think a, a child would do that to you. Um, and just, I, I think gratitude, you know, I, I think that I've, I'm, I've always been a, glass half full person anyways. So that's probably innately in me, but really taking a moment to sit back and be just grateful just for the little things. I mean, as simple as like my breath, my heart beating, and I don't have to do anything for it to like the garbage man taking my trash every week to, you know, my dog still being here at 12 years old and being so cute and fluffy that I get to walk every day. Just seeing those moments as, as gratitudes instead of just like, ugh you know, the trash man's loud, Ugh, the dog's barking, you know, just trying to come from more of a place of, of just joy. How did you teach yourself to do that? Because a lot of people never learn that lesson. Um, therapy helps. Therapy and is wonderful. Therapy is amazing. I think that, I think that that should be actually something that the government pays for that every human being is. I in. totally agree. Before they put you on all the different medications, not that I don't think people should have medications, but before they put you straight on a pill, you need to go to six months of therapy. I think every week. Yes. Just, and it's just good just to have, just to give yourself what I love about therapy or that idea of therapy is that it gives you a space, like a safe space to really think and feel for yourself or to just start learning. And you can just say it as ugly as it is and as terrible as jacked up as it is in your brain. You can say it out loud and someone has the resources to help you organize it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, we're all messy. So just being able to, to sit in that messiness in a safe space is great. So I think, um, you know, I've had a lot of great mentors and, um, in my late twenties and early thirties, like I, I, you know, I went through therapy. I started reading a lot of amazing books and I really started, 
you know, one of my intentions a few years ago was, was to find people like that. Like I want to find mentors and thought leaders and people who are really going to help me get to that next space. So I, I sent that out to the universe and, and I received it. So I have, I have an amazing life coach and energy healer out here named Nicola Salter that I go to for a lot of my stuff. And I did a lot of work with her about four years ago. And she really, the work that I did with her kind of like, like put all of this stuff into motion. It was kind of when I was like at, at one of those like, you know, rock bottom places where I was like, I don't know what's going on with my life. And I thought I had it figured out. And like, now I'm this mom and I don't know what's, what, you know, what is life. And <laughs> it kind of shifted things for me. And then, um, I read a lot of books, you know, like A Course in Miracles is one that's amazing. It's, it's kind of like a Bible. So if that's too much for people, you can read A Course in Miracles Made Easy by Alan Cohen. That's amazing. Um, let's see. Um, Maria Shriver's incredible. I love just, she has something called the Sunday paper. If you subscribe to her newsletter, you get it every Sunday morning in her inbox. And it's just like magic to your heart. Okay. It's I listen to a lot of podcasts, so like Super Soul Sunday. A lot. Oh, Super Soul is my fave. It's she's the best. Oprah, um, Oprah is touched by God. Like, thank God we have Oprah on this world. Right. Thank you. <laughs> um, Marianne Williamson is amazing. She's you know an OG, but great. So I do. I just I try to read a lot. So I wish I could surround myself even more so with just amazing people at all times. But you know, there's not so enough time in the day of time of the day. But yeah, I do. I try to just really find awesome people to learn from, whether that's in person or just online or through books. Julie, so you're a constant seeker. You're a constant grower. You are serving people with your own gifts. You're taking the time to self-discover and better yourself, which in turn is bettering all of us who get to know you and experience your wisdom. So I am so appreciative that you joined me and shared all of this with me today because I feel like you are such a great example of influencing but being an authentic influencer while also having all of your soul there too, which I think is such a crucial point to being a great influencer. So I'm just so thrilled you joined me. I always like to leave with one thing and this whole interview has been inspiring, but I always like to leave with leave your light. So just basically, if you had if you, the Julie Solomon message that you're wanting to speak loud and proud to everyone, especially maybe younger people who are trying to find themselves, get involved with their career, whatever, what do you want to say to these young seekers or these people out there? What would your big message be if you could leave one? I would say that, you know, purposeful influence, because we, we all influence, right? I mean, throughout the, in our days, right? all day long we're influencing or we're being influenced right either by someone or something yes. so i think that a purposeful influence is a decision that we make um and you know you can always ask yourself in those moments of like does this bring more joy into the world or does this diminish joy in the world and the world can be within you because i think a lot of times that fear will get in the way so when we start with the with those limiting beliefs and that kind of stuff just stopping and saying like is this bringing more joy into my world or is this diminishing more joy in my world and then from there you can choose the path that you want to take I love that. So say you have no path. What do you start with? Just what you're curious about? Yeah. What lights you up? Who inspires you? I think that um, Glennon Doyle Melton says, love her. and it resonated with me. She goes, 
tell me who you're envious of and I'll tell you what you should be doing and tell me what breaks your heart and I'll tell you who you should be serving. I gave me chills. So those are the two questions that, and I go back to that all of the time because it's so true that like, tell me who you're envious of. Cause she always said that she, she could, she hated reading books. Like she didn't want to look at it. A new author would write something and she'd be like, Ugh. but it's because she wanted to be doing that. So use your envy as positive. It's like positive envy. Cause you're like, I love this. I want to do. Okay. So who are you envious of? Um, you know, at this moment, I would probably say it, people that I've gotten actually into my community. I think that my, my mastermind, I, I'm in a mastermind, um, which is, it's, it's like a, it's a group of 10 female entrepreneurs. We're with each other all year. We kind of like, it, we're led by this one, by our mastermind leader. I know it kind of sounds really, our mastermind leader. <laughs> our mastermind leader. <laughs> we're, we're led by Melissa. And then there's, there's 10 of us that kind of like support each other throughout the year. So I think that I'm probably envious of all of them to some degree, but in a good way. They're inspiring. Because they, they're so inspiring and I'll see something and I'm like, oh, that's such a good idea. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. So I think everyone in my mastermind group, I'm so happily envious of. And I, I love great. when they. How great to be in a group that you are so inspired by. Yeah. It's pretty special. It's pretty amazing. Melissa Griffin is our mastermind leader. She um, is an incredible, incredible woman, super envious of her, super inspired by her. Mm -hmm. um, what breaks you know, your heart? Um, gosh, you know, uh, illiteracy breaks my heart. Uh, uh, anything relating to poverty and children break my heart, especially you know, I came, I'm, I was born in a really small town in middle Tennessee where it's like, I think it's like 40% of the community is illiterate. Um, most of them have like a second grade reading level, very low income. Um, and they're just kind of stuck. So that breaks my heart. So I know I need to do something there. I'm kind of working towards that with something philanthropically, um, to, to serve that community that I came from. Um, that definitely breaks my heart. So Julie, you're amazing. So are you. You're such a good person. Like I, talking to you and being with you, I love, love being in your energy because you are so good. And by good, I mean, you're just striving for good things in all areas of your life for people. And it's so wonderful to be around that goodness. Thank you. It's wonderful to receive your goodness too. It's right back at you. It's just reflecting what's already there for you. Well, I can't wait to take your class. Literally, I'm going to sign up because I need to figure out how to pitch myself. I'm, I'm just now learning how to make money on all my stuff. I'm like, gosh, Caroline, you're such a, no, no, Caroline, you're, you're, you are growing gracefully into your business. You're learning every day. Yes, you're learning every day. Learning every day. But thank you so much for your services. Thank you so much for chatting with me. This is the end of the Influencer Series. Julie, you are my final one. You guys, that wraps up the Influencer Series. I hope you loved it as much as I did. I learned so much from every single girl. I really did. I learned so much about all of this. It's a wild world out there. So I'm so grateful that these girls came on here and shared all of their knowledge with me and with y'all. And just make sure you follow all of them. Keep up with them because they are on the cutting edge and they know what's going on. So that wraps my influencer series. I hope you loved it. And I will be back to you with more podcasts, with more exciting guests coming your way next week. See you then. Bye.